0: There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal but not not multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode.
1: MacU Health with micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and micromycel technology. Good morning. I'm
0: Dr. Kerry Gelb, and welcome to Open Your Eyes Radio. Please listen as I discuss the newest information in the world of health, nutrition, and sports every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280 The Patriot. Also, please share your thoughts by emailing me at KerryGelb at gmail.com. That's dr. K E R R Y G E L B at gmail.com. An estimated 45 million people in the US wear contact lenses. Contact lenses is a true miracle of medicine. This thin, clear plastic disc made mostly of water gives the wearer amazing eyesight. Today's guest, optometric physician Dr. Steve Rosinski, is a contact lens expert. Dr. Steve's clinical career spans many years in ophthalmology. LASIK surgical centers, corporate and private practice, optometric settings. Dr. Rosinski joined CooperVision. CooperVision is a global leader in contact lenses. In 2019, as senior manager of professional and academic affairs, Dr. Rosinski teaches physicians and consults on the newest contact lens designs. Steve is an avid athlete and earned his USA Triathlon Elite Pro license in 2011 where he has been racing pro for the last 12 seasons. Dr. Steve, thank you for joining me today.
2: Thank you, Carrie. Thanks for the opportunity uh, to uh, have some great conversations regarding uh, contact lenses, which are near and dear to my heart, uh, as well as uh, discussing other things about sports, which are I know are both near and dear to our hearts as well.
0: You know, I've worn contact lenses for many years, and I know you've worn contact lenses since you're a child, because you have a very bad prescription, a very high prescription. Is contact lenses really a miracle?
2: You know, I would say so. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you say any, any patient that, that wears contact lenses themselves, uh, you know, I imagine that they would agree with that statement. Um, you know, we, we really think about how much uh, contact lenses can really make a difference in someone's lives, whether it's emotionally, whether it's giving that patient confidence, um, not only just the gift of sight um, as well, um but overall, um when we we look at the data and it showcases that that patient's confidence uh, increase um when especially when we look at children um, when they are you know leveraging contact lenses. um, but I'll say it's it's pretty remarkable though. um, you know, a little backstory on myself is you know, I got my first pair of contact lenses uh, twenty five years ago now, which is hard to believe. And you know when i I had that first opportunity to put contact lenses on, uh, it, it changed my life it led me down this path to become an optometrist and it's hard to believe that at 13 you kind of know what you want to do when you get older um, but I can say that um, truly it was that moment that I put a contact lens on went out onto the baseball field and realized wow I have this full peripheral vision gone are the days of my thick brown glasses at, uh, as a, a minus six at that point which is really highly nearsighted even for a 13 year old Uh, And then to really be able to, you know, utilize uh, the the gift of contact lenses uh, throughout the rest of my life. And uh, now I feel like I've been given the opportunity to showcase the world how awesome contact lenses really are and how um, I think that that many more patients could truly benefit from uh, the miracle of what contact lenses really are.
0: You know, we're very lucky in the United States because I interviewed Dr. Jeffrey Levinson, who does cataract surgery around the world and and you know third world countries and very poor countries and oh after 40 they can't even there's no glasses there for these people so people who read up close and. Then there's not even glasses for these type of for these type of people, and they become disabled. So if they were they had a job where they were sewing or they were making things with their hands, they can't even see it. But in the United States, we have contact lenses. We even have contact lenses for people that need bifocals, right?
2: Yes, it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, we we like to think about it as you know we have contact lenses to help children um, who are progressing in myopia. Uh, with myopia control contact lenses, all the way to patients that have astigmatism, uh, all the way to even patients that need both contact lenses to see off the distance as well as up close. Um, So I I like to think of most refractive errors, uh, there are contact lenses to meet those patients' needs and and to wear them comfortably and and in a healthy modality, healthy manner as well.
0: You know, I feel that the best way to wear contact lenses is single-use contact lenses, you wear them once and you throw them out. You know, Unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember the days where people had one pair of contact lenses for the whole year. And we used to have all these infections in the eye. People would get corneal ulcers and people even you know, went blind from contact lenses back in the day. But the studies show that single use contact lenses are by far the safest way of wearing contact lenses. And they even make single use contact lenses for people that need bifocals, or have astigmatism. What would you say about that?
1: I
2: would say if, uh, you, when we look at the overall modalities, like you said, that there used to be yearly ones. Um, There are daily disposable, they're two-week, they're monthly. I'd say those are like the most common. Um, But where the, where myself as a practitioner and a number of our colleagues are going or um, that what we're seeing is that daily disposable or the single use contact lenses are now being prescribed more than any other contact lens modality out there. And patients are looking at it as such a great option, uh, especially for the convenience that we are looking for in our really fast lives that we live. Um, so we can have all the technology that we were once used to that were only available in maybe yearly or monthly or two-week lenses now available in these single-use lenses that you literally put a fresh pair in each and every single day, um, and you, you toss it when you're done. And you know, to be able to have um, that convenience and you know, the freedom and flexibility of prescription parameters not really being uh, an issue either, um, I would say if you haven't had the opportunity as a patient to experience daily disposable yet, I would highly, highly encourage you to talk to your eye care physician uh, about them.
0: You know, I think one of the barriers always was cost because single-use contact lenses are typically a little more expensive than the two-week or monthly lenses. You know, and and I to lecture to other doctors on contact lenses in the past, and I would always say to them. You know what is the most common contact lens that you fit on your patients, and you know about a third of the people would raise a hand for two week, and about a third of the people would doctors these are doctors raise a hand for one month, and about a third of them would raise for daily, and then I would say to them for yourself and your family what kind will you fit, and they all raise for daily. So you know, so they're somewhat concerned about how much the patient has to pay.
2: Yeah, and You know, when we we look at having conversation with patients, um, patients, they they want to hear of the latest and greatest technology. They want to hear of the options that are out there. Uh, And, you know, talking with my colleagues, um, it's just introducing technology, uh, daily disposable technology to patients. and. You know, when we look at even how contact lenses are even manufactured, the manufacturing process is that much more efficient, that much more cost effective as the, uh, than the, than it used to be as well. Uh, and so the barrier of cost, um, I, and I think you can uh, agree with this, Dr. Gelb, is that uh, the barrier of cost has uh, really dramatically decreased, uh, especially once an individual has an opportunity to, to try out the daily disposable technology of putting that fresh lens in each and every single day. Um, they really find the value of what uh, single use contact lenses really brings to their lives.
0: You know, I was always interested on in how contact lenses were discovered. You know, we have about a minute and a half left in this segment. And when I was in school, they used to tell us a story about the fighter pilots, the windshield breaking and get the glass getting into the pilot's eyes. And they found out it was inert. And that's how they realized that people could put a piece of plastic in their eye. Uh, is there any
2: truth to that story? Well, I I know that contact lenses even go way back even before uh, the fighter pilot story, probably back in the late 1930s or so, Uh, but that even what I've I've heard through history is that uh, actually Leonardo da Vinci actually illustrated a concept of contact lenses way back in the 1500s, and then essentially it continued to uh, be conceptualized all the way up until like the early 1800s, and then I believe it was the late 1800s that the first contact lenses were manufactured from, from plastic. But going back to your story about like fighter pilots with the plastic um, being in, in the eye of, of the windshields uh, of the fighter pilots. Um, yeah, some of the first contact lenses ever made were made from plastic back in the late 1930s. Uh, and that was um, you know because of, of a product of learning that um, essentially that is a material, a plastic material um, is going to be safe for the eye.
0: What was the first contact lens invented approximately, if you happen
2: to know? So if we talk in soft contact lenses, that would be the early 1970s. Um, prior to that, um, they were more of the hard type of contact lenses, um, but it was more uh, early 1970s where our soft contact lenses were um, really invented and, are, and really brought to market, essentially. Um, and that's where you know, we utilize those and the backbone technologies of the soft lenses uh, to what we have now, um, which is some pretty remarkable technology uh, made of diff- slightly different materials. Um, but you're really giving us uh, the opportunity to wear contact lenses in a safe manner, healthy manner, comfortably all day long, uh, and in a convenient manner that we're able to uh, replace each and every single day.
0: You know, it's amazing how contact lenses have developed and that they're so safe now and that people could see so clear the technology and how they make contact lenses. Where somebody with such a terrible prescription who really would be, if it wasn't for contacts or glasses, would be legally blind. But they could see and they, you know, they could could do things that they wouldn't be able to do without these miracle of contact lenses. So talk tell us a little bit about the different materials. Uh, how important is it, the amount of oxygen that gets it through it? And how important is the amount of water in the contact lens?
2: Yeah. yeah. So when we look at contact lenses, a contact lens is being put onto the eye. And, you know, with that, the, con- the cornea or the front surface of the eye where a contact lens actually sits on, um, that cornea is, is a tissue that gets um, the oxygen it needs from the air. And so, essentially, in order for the contact lens um, to really enable the cornea to get the amount of oxygen that it needs, um, these contact kind of lenses have to be breathable. They have to allow oxygen to actually go through. Um, some of the earlier contact lens technologies, um, they led to more, um, you know, they led to more complications because they didn't allow nearly the amount oxygen that the eye really required. And then, Dr. Gelbich, you've probably uh, had an experience with patients were sleeping in their contact lenses. Um, they wouldn't be replacing them like they should be. So the eye in itself wasn't really getting the amount of oxygen that it needed. And, and essentially this eye would be starved of, of oxygen. And with that, that's when complications can really start to rise. Um, but with newer technologies, um, a number of years ago, there are hydrogel soft contact lenses. Um, with higher amounts of water, more oxygen was able to actually get through and uh, be able to uh, help allow that cornea to breathe. And then newer technologies going from hydrogels to silicone hydrogels, um, it was really that breakthrough with adding silicone to the silicone hydrogel material which enabled the oxygen um, to really be able to uh, have an oxygen boost for these contact lenses, and silicone uh, being added to the hydrogel technology has been really been able to add about, I don't know, five, six, seven times more oxygen depending on the contact lens material, Um, so Complications that we saw previously, um, really, we're not seeing nearly as much or to the extent of what we saw um, early on in my career, especially, I imagine, earlier on in your career. So the newest technology that you'll find in some of the, you know, in in the latest lenses that are being launched by all the major manufacturers of contact lenses um, are made of silicone hydrogel materials.
0: You know, you mentioned sleeping in contact lenses. Patients always want to know, can I sleep in my contact lenses? All right, can we sleep in our contact lenses?
2: <laughs> well, in, in general, there's there, there are lenses that have what are called extended wear properties, that they have the FDA approval that patients can sleep in their contact lenses. Um, but as an eye doctor uh, and as someone who has seen plenty of cases where patients sleeping in contact lenses um, that they are definitely at higher risk of complications. So I personally tell all my patients I don't want them sleeping in contact lenses. Um, And, you know, as myself as a minus nine now who's a very high myope, um, if I can take my contact lenses out each and every single day. Um, then I I think that they can as well. Um, but you know, anytime that we are sleeping in our contact lenses, it definitely increases our risk uh, for infection, and infection can lead to uh, permanent vision loss. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there are increased risk of that.
0: You know, when you see a bad eye infection from a contact lens, a, a bad corneal infection, we call it a corneal ulcer. And I've been around long enough to see some very bad ones. And, you know, people sleep in their contact lenses. They take out the contact lens and their eye hurts. And then they put it back in because it doesn't hurt as much. When, they, when you do that, you're really setting yourself up for a problem. If your eye starts hurting with a contact lens, what should we do, Dr. Rosinski?
2: Yeah, first thing I would do is take out your contact lenses. Pull out those glasses that you might not be wearing on a regular basis and stop wearing your contact lenses. Um, your next best advice I would say is actually go see your eye care physician. Um, Go see the eye care physician because they have the equipment, the knowledge, the tools to be able to assess what is really going on. Um, It could be something more than just something mild. Um, It could be something more serious. Um, So ultimately, I would say take out your contact lenses. Um, But across the board, contact lenses are safe and worn by over 40 million patients each and every single day. Um, So Have confidence, um, but don't abuse your your contact lenses as well.
0: When in doubt, take it out, right?
2: I love it. Absolutely.
0: You know, I always tell patients that want to sleep in contact lenses. You know, I practice in New Jersey and there's a a small little road in front of our, where I practice called route one. And the speed limit is somewhere around 40 miles an hour, maybe 45 miles an hour. And I always tell them, you know, you could drive on Route One 100 miles an hour and not get in an accident. That doesn't mean it's safe. And the same way I look at it, the same thing as uh, sleeping with contact lenses, you're you're really setting yourself up for a problem. So, and that, like Dr. Brzezinski said, if your eye hurts and you're wearing a contact lens, you want to go see the eye doctor. You could take that out, put a new one in if you're wearing dailies. If it still hurts, you got to go see the eye doctor. When we measure somebody's prescription, we do something called a refraction, and I know a lot of patients they don't like it, which is better one or two, and they find it to be kind of uh, they kind of find it annoying and uh, tell us what a refraction is and how it works to be able to give people the proper prescription.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, this is probably one of the uh, biggest conversation pieces that I have, especially for patients that are newer uh, um, to, to our offices with, um, understanding, you know, what is nearsightedness? What is farsightedness? What is astigmatism? What is presbyopia? Why can't I just see right? And you know, when we look at it across the board, um, what we are doing is we are looking at trying to provide lenses that are going to bend light, or whether it's glasses, whether it's contact lenses, to bend light so that the image that that individual sees, those light rays focus onto the back of what's called your retina. So essentially, the lenses as a part of better one, better two, are working to make sure that we are trying to get the image as clear as possible um, for you and, and allowing those light rays to focus right there on the back of your eye or, as what I said previously, your retina. And so essentially, we leverage those measurements. And, you know, if you have a lower, prescri- lower myopic prescription, what I mean by myopic is that you have a harder time seeing off in the distance. Um, your eye is actually longer than the perfect or ideal eye. And so essentially, we are leveraging glasses or contact lenses um, to refocus the light in actually hitting the retina on that longer eye. On someone that is farsighted or someone that has what's called hyperopia, um, that eye is actually a little shorter um, than the ideal eye. So just like we're doing for nearsightedness, we are using those lenses with our instrumentation to re-bend the light so that it refocuses on your retina to help clear up the image. Um, and then lastly, astigmatism is one of the biggest, um, biggest uh, refractive errors that we see as well. And that is essentially where um, your eye in itself, whether it's the cornea, whether it's the lens inside of the eye, um, it isn't perfectly round. So there's, there's slightly different, slightly different shape, And that enables the light rays not to focus as clearly as well. And astigmatism is very common. I believe of the spectacle-wearing population, it's around half of all individuals um, have some sort of astigmatism. Don't worry, it's not bad. We have glasses, we have contact lenses to help correct for that. Uh, And it is very normal. Um, But, you know, I would say of You know, the refractive error types of myopia, hyperopia, and astigmatism, those are the three that we hear mostly. And then as we do get a little older, um, usually around early 40s, mid 40s, patients start to develop what's called presbyopia, or essentially the lens inside of our eye is not able to, uh, it's it's not able to focus as clearly because that lens is becoming a little less supple or it's not as flexible as it once used to be. And because the lens isn't as flexible, we have a harder time shifting or focusing back and forth from distance to up close to your computer to up close. So it has a harder time being able to refocus and actually change the shape of that lens to focus up close. And that is where Dr. Gallup had mentioned previously, there are bifocals to help your eyes be able to adjust more quickly going back and forth. Um, Or also in our world, multifocal contact lenses to be able to help for that as well
0: you mentioned myopia or nearsighted. I remember before I was an eye doctor and I was a kid, I couldn't ever get it straight what ne- the word nearsighted mean, but it just means what the word is, nearsight. You have better nearsight than you have farsight. Farsighted or hyperopia, you have better farsight in general than you do up up close. And presbyopia is as we lose we lose our focusing, as we get older, once we get over 40 or 45. And there's about 100, 110, 120 million people in the US that have this presbyopa that have trouble reading up close. And, you know, with astigmatism, you know, right before the break, they have contact lenses now for astigmatism. You know, for the longest time, as when I practiced when I was younger, they couldn't get a good contact lens for astigmatism. Now, many of the companies, and I know the company uh, that, that Steve works for, Cooper Vision, uh, I know he's, he's being very modest, not plugging his company, but the company that's, that Steve works for, Cooper Vision, they make a fantastic contact lens for astigmatism, a daily contact lens, and people see great out of it. So this is Dr. Kerry Gelb for Open Your Eyes Radio on AM 1280 of The Patriot. After the break, we're going to talk about sports and contact lenses
1: macuhealth your science born and tested solutions for visual performance macular degeneration and dry eye syndrome new products coming soon embrace the science
0: i'm back with dr steve of of leesburg virginia and we're talking about contact lenses and before the break i said we're going to talk about contact lenses and sports So Steve, I mean, you're, you're a big time athlete, a triathlete, you know, so what about contact lenses in sports? You know, you you know, riding a a bicycle at high speed swimming, uh, you know, what kind of context, let's start with bike, the bike riding, what kind of context should we wear for riding a bike and about drying out? Do we have to worry about that?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, You know, fortunately um, with, with, uh, with all the contact lenses that we have out there on the market um, there are contact lenses uh, essentially for almost almost every patient and you know when I think about contact lenses and um the the need for especially like when I think about high performance athletes especially and um, you know, whether it's in baseball, but if we're talking, talking the bike, um, yeah, we need contact lenses that um, are going to be able to, you know, that are comfortable for long, extended periods of time when you're out there for an hour, two hours, four, six hours of wear um, that are going to provide you with stable vision that aren't going to, to dry out. Um, but also, making sure that they're fitting correctly as well. Um, you know, I, I think about uh, when I'm descending down a mountain going 50 miles an hour. Um, I want to still make sure, though, that I'm having eye protection. That's important to me. Um, I'm always wearing some sort of sunglasses as well, um, just to protect my eyes, not only from the UV light from the sun, but every single ride, it seems like I'm getting a bug flying into my eye. And, you know, I can think of time and time again where I've had uh, friends or teammates say that they weren't wearing their, their sunglasses and, uh, and essentially a bug uh, caused, caused their, their ride to go in a wrong direction that you don't want it to. Um, but yes, when it comes to contact lenses in general, um, it's wonderful because there are contact lenses like we had talked about previously that are called multifocals for those, uh, those patients that are over the age of 45 because not only do we need to be able to see clearly off of the distance, but us, us, cyclists, we love to be able to check out how fast we're going, or what our power output, or what our heart rate is, or where do we need to make our next turn. So whether you have like a bike computer at you know attached to your handlebars, or you're leveraging your, your iPhone or your phone, um, you know there are various contact lenses that not only do they have to you know, be able to wear comfortably that aren't going to dry out, um, but also that you can you can see clearly out of. And that's where I have a lot of patients coming to me is that they said they they might have some older contact lenses that allow them just to see off in the distance and all of a sudden they're getting a little older their bike their bikes are getting nicer um, because they might have a little more money to spare Um, and they're getting better wheels maybe better helmets lighter materials on the bike but then they can't see how fast they're going anymore because they lose their ability to focus up close and so yes there are multifocal contact lenses for that as well Um, but yes when we look at contact lenses and cycling it is hot very important to be able to see clearly because you know dodging a pothole here, a pothole there. Uh, I know yourself in, in New Jersey, Carrie. that that there's a, a lot of times there's either construction season or winter, right? And with all the potholes that um, that exist up in the Northeast United States, uh, making sure that you can spot them out is of utmost importance as a cyclist.
0: And how about swimming with contact lenses? You're in a triathlete, you're a triathlete, you gotta swim, you gotta ride a bike, you gotta run. How about the swimming part? What happens yeah. to that?
2: So when it comes with, with contact lenses, um, I myself, I'm a minus nine myope, as I've mentioned previously, and that's very, very, very near sighted. So what that means is that my focus point literally is about 10 centimeters from my nose. So very close. So essentially, if I don't have my contact lenses on or any vision correction, I can't see anything out there. I'm literally going to be walking with my hands out in front of me so I don't hit anything. Um, but when it comes with, um, with myself as a triathlete, I've leveraged prescription swim goggles. Those are great options for many individuals. Um, but if you are going to wear contact lenses, I'm not saying it's the best thing for you. But if you are, um, I would highly recommend daily disposable contact lenses. Um, that's where, if you're going to sleep, uh, swim with your contact lenses, then it's taking them out um, after you are after you're done swimming, and then actually putting in a new pair. Um, but for kids and swimming, um, that's why you know there are a lot of great options, and there are certain technologies that. Um, actually can help reshape the front surface of the eye so that they wear contact lenses at night. So at night, this contact lens technology is reshaping the front surface of the eye so that you don't need to wear contact lenses throughout the day. Uh, and so for kids, a lot of times with uh, that are involved in swimming, I know my my six-year-old at home right now, he's really immersed into our Northern Virginia summer swim league right now. And he's really uh, excited about it. And, you know, with children like that, that is something that I would recommend what is called like orthokeratology um, technology that reshapes the front surface of the eye. Um, but you know, the, the safest option is not wearing contact lenses, but if you are going to wear contact lenses, daily disposables and it's replacing them after swimming.
0: But how about goggles? If you put goggles over the contact lens,
2: I would definitely recommend goggles over your contact lenses if you're going to be swimming. Not open your eyes underneath the water with your contact lenses on without goggles on. Um, making sure that the goggles actually are fitting you appropriately. Um, I can tell you in my years of racing half Ironman, Ironman, I've done over 100 triathlons, um, you know that it can make, make or break your day if you don't have a great pair of goggles that seals nicely. I can remember going back to, uh, I raced the New York City Triathlon. Um, a number of you a number of times in one of my first ones probably back in or uh, 2015, 2016, uh, my goggles as we dove off the dock into the the crystal clear waters of the Hudson River, um, we ended up uh, my goggles cracked open and as my goggles cracked open, all I could think about my competitiveness went away and, my eye doctor mindset jumped on. And all I could think about um, was what is actually getting into my eyes now that the water of the Hudson River has gotten into my eyes. Um, So it was at at that point that I really recognized the value of making sure your goggles are are on appropriately, they're fitting you well. Um, And actually, actually you dove into the water correctly as well that uh, enabled you to actually not have that happen. Uh, But yes, properly fitted goggles. But for those of you that that need a prescription, um, there are definitely are goggles available that um, can enable you to be able to um, have your glasses prescription put into goggles.
0: What's a good brand of goggles? And how does somebody get a good pair that doesn't lose its suction and allow water to get into the eye?
2: Yeah, there are a number of good, uh, good uh, goggles out there. Um, you know, a few that, that I've leveraged in the past, um, I have, you know, leveraged Speedo, I've leveraged TYI or t- TYR or TIER. Um, there's also um, goggles such as Roca technology. Um, so there's some various goggles out there. Um, and, you know, some are going to be more from the competitive standpoint and some that I use for my my two-year-old and my four-year-old um, that are not having to worry about diving into water that uh, they also, they suction, but maybe not as well. And they don't maybe hold up to the chlorine as well either.
0: So how about some other sports like uh, baseball to get the best way to see for baseball uh, and contact
2: lenses? Well, that personally hits home, um uh, because you know the first reason, the first primary reason I got contact lenses was because I was catching in baseball back when I was 13 years old. Um, you know I'll, I'll make a quick story, but essentially I was a uh, 13 years old minus six, and my uh, glasses that I were wearing um, they were constantly fogging up on me as a catcher uh, growing up in Rochester, New York, and, and my goggles, my glasses kept fogging up. And there was one this one defining moment though is that in baseball as you know, we're taught that if a pop fly goes up, you take off your mask and your helmet and you toss it aside. And the reason you're doing that is, A, not only does it give you a better field of view of the ball um, as it's spinning down towards you, um, but also you do that so you don't uh, actually step on your mask or your helmet as you're trying to find and get underneath the ball. Uh, So as you can imagine, um, I took off my helmet and my mask as I was taught and I tossed it away and, my glasses at that time, though they didn't end up staying on my face. Um, those black strap that I had attached to my minus six brown glasses, they didn't—they didn't stay together. And essentially, my black my my black strap um, ended up breaking, and my glasses went with it. And my world was blurry. And mind you, trying to catch a baseball spiraling down um, to Earth um, is not the best when you can't see very well. Um, So when it comes with contact lenses, that was when I got my first pair of contact lenses at the age of 13 by Dr. Terry Kazdan, and at that point, I recognized the value of what contact lenses can really give you. Gave In baseball especially, um, I think about it from the fielder position. It gives you that full, widespread view of the entire field. Um, You don't have any of the peripheral um, distortion, I would say, that sometimes glasses can provide, especially if you have certain types of frames. Um, But then it comes with patients that have what are called astigmatism. Um, Certain contact lenses, especially the new contact lenses of this day and age, um, they are stable. So they're going to help maximize your vision. And we all know that if you can pick up a slider that much sooner, a curveball that much sooner uh, from the palm, from that pitcher's hand, uh, it's going to make a difference of whether you actually connect with the ball or not. Um, so having that precise vision, but contact lenses that you can count on, um, you know, it really does make a difference when it comes with, when it comes to sports.
0: You know, it, it's really amazing because, you know, my son has played competitive baseball. He's now 13 <laughs> and how few of the kids on the team have got their eyes examined and, you know, they'll, they'll exercise every part of their body, but they'll forget to get their eyes checked and i've seen kids that would swing and miss go and get glasses or better contact lenses and all of a sudden now they're they become good hitters
2: yeah no it, it's a huge difference i actually remember vividly a few years back i had a high school athlete that um, he had actually a very mild astigmatism correction but his dad understood the value of having sharp crisp clear vision and we essentially got him in contact lenses, and he was already um, a stellar hitter, um, all-state. And essentially, it took took him to the level where um, he was able to, fortunately, uh, be able to get a, a scholarship and also even cons- and also get, uh, get drafted as well uh, because his, I believe, in my opinion, his vision was even that much sharper.
0: You know, and there's either been supplements like uh, that you could take with lutein, zeaxanthin, meso zeaxanthin, Maca Health. Pigments the macula goes along with the contact lenses to help you see the ball a little bit better and to see the rotation on the ball and and the processing speed you could pro- when you could process the ball faster it makes it easier to hit I know for my son he takes this. Mac health with the lutein zeaxanthin, measles zeaxanthin, it helps him. I've seen it help other kids on his team. We talked about at the beginning of the show how contact lenses really are a miracle of medicine. And I remember looking up on, on the internet, on Google, the 10 biggest miracles of medicine, and contact lenses weren't there. And I, I really was very disappointed when I looked at some of the other things that they consider miracles of medicine I think they really forgot about contact lenses and I think one of the problems with contact lenses they're so well fit they're so well made the doctors are so well trained on fitting them that people take contact lenses for granted what do you think about that
2: yeah no I I would I would agree with that Carrie is that when we really look at uh, contact lenses and the difference that they've made in so many individuals lives um, you know i just wish more more uh, more patients more individuals would consider trying contact lenses um you know as as an optometrist and uh, i know uh, a number of colleagues just like yourself um we like to think of possibly every single patient as a potential contact lens patient until proven otherwise because you know we are both enamored by them um you know i i went down to this profession because of um, i truly do believe that they you know, they're a miracle of science. And if we can get more um, patients to experience how awesome contact lenses really are, I think it's only going to benefit them. Um, And ultimately, um, you know, whether it's the patient that is interested in it, um, you know, please bring it up. I always like to, you know, ask my patients if they were interested in being glasses free. And that's a great way to introduce contact lenses. um, Because I know there's always an instance that patients, you know, at some point or another, don't want to have to wear their glasses. Um, yes, glasses can be uh, you know amazing and they can they really do make a difference in the number of individuals' lives. Um, but I think contact lenses are a really great option. and there's a huge subset of population that could really uh, love to be able to experience it, just hadn't really taken the the steps to to do so.
0: You know, people ask me about the best way to clean contact lenses. So if you're not wearing daily contact lenses, What what do you think is the best way to clean contact lenses? Do you have a preference? I know they've done studies, and they did a study of uh, probably 450 people. And I think of 450 people only one actually clean their contact lenses correctly, which makes a good case for fitting daily disposable contacts from a safety point of view. But what do you feel is the best way to clean contact lenses?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's following the manufacturer's guidelines when it comes with contact lenses. There are different types of solution out there. Um, when the two biggest breakdowns, one would be a multipurpose solution, uh, and another would be a, like a hydrogen peroxide solution. That, and these are specifically designed for contact lenses, okay? Specifically designed for contact lenses, that's really important. Um, and, you know, it's following those guidelines. Um, In the multipurpose solution, um, you know, sometimes they say no rub, Um, I still encourage my my patients um, to rub their contact lenses, um, as I think that's going to best disinfect the contact lenses, Uh, but one of the biggest issues is that the compliance is so low Um, Dr. Gelb, is that a lot has to do a lot of times with the case that the contact lenses are stored in as well, that they're not being replaced as often as they should be. Um, So, you know, a lot of times patients are are just topping off their solution. So what do we mean by that is that not only um, should you be replacing the contact lens solution each and every single day that you have in your contact lens case, uh, but you should also, be replacing your contact lens case uh, per your prescription or per what is provided to you by uh, your eye care for, uh, physician on what they tell you to take off uh, and actually replace your contact lens cases um, because that's one of the biggest compliance issues is that um, I have patients that say they replace their or they replace their solution every single day uh, but then they bring in their cases in and and they are definitely not as clean as they should be. I guarantee I was guilty of it as well when I was a kid. And you know that's why a lot of times contact lens manufacturer or solution manufacturer will provide new cases as you are actually um, getting a new bottle as well.
0: So how often should you replace the case?
2: Um, so you know, depending on the manufacturer, if it's a hydrogen peroxide solution, um, I believe it is each and every single time that you get a new bottle of hydrogen peroxide, uh, there is a new case inside there. So using that new case is important. Um, that'll help make it for a more comfortable contact lens wearing experience when you put the contact lenses in. Um, and then with multi-purpose solution, um, you know, I traditionally hear quarterly um, that you should replace them every every three months or
1: so.
0: You know, there's been some controversy lately about getting your eyes examined by your cell phone to get your contact lenses. Uh, What do you think about that idea?
2: Well, I think there's, um, you know, when we really look at it as a whole, uh, the overall eye care field is, um, and overall medicine is changing dramatically. Um, And one thing I do know is the importance of keeping a doctor in the center of that doctor-patient relationship. Uh, And when we look at various aspects of the technology that's out there, I think there's some amazing new technology that's here and and, and is on the horizon um, that can leverage um, whether it's uh, remote or telehealth technologies. And then there's some technology that really is bypassing the doctor. Um, So, you know, when we look at certain app-based technology that might not have a a doctor there to be able to help as a part of the conversation, um, that I will find is not going to be uh, as best for your overall health, um, overall safety of that patient. Um, so, you know, we're, I'm a true believer, and I imagine you are as well, Carrie, of keeping the doctor in the center of that doctor-patient relationship um, to really be able to maximize the overall um, health and vision and well-being of that individual.
0: Yeah, because it's not just about contacts, it's about the overall health of the patient's eyes. And with the eyes, not only can we tell about the health of the eyes, whether they have glaucoma, or cataracts, or they're at risk for macular degeneration, or they're at risk for having a retinal detachment, but there are close to 300 systemic diseases that we can see in by looking at and at the eyes. At the eyes, and many times it's the optometrist, the optometric physician, who's the primary care provider of eye care, who's the first to make a systemic diagnosis. So if we push off things to just go the easy way and just keep. Re- keep getting the same contact lens over and over again, changing it a tiny bit here or there, based on your cell phone, you're probably, you could be missing out on, on a diagnosis of a systemic disease or a severe ocular disease.
2: I mean, I don't know about you, Carrie, but I've had plenty of patients where um, they came in, not having any complaints. They said that their vision was stable. Uh, and I found something um, that definitely um, was of benefit that they came in that enabled them, um, you know, for us to continue um, to look into this and to really be able to assess the overall health. Because like you said, uh, there are many systemic conditions that really don't have any symptoms until it's maybe further along in their stages of, of the disease process. Um, so I imagine you have as well, Carrie.
0: Oh, it happens every day. You know, I had a gentleman the other day, he wasn't very old, he was in his 30s. And he came in and he had all kinds of hemorrhages in his eye. We imaged his eye and we saw all these hemorrhages and it turned out he was diabetic. And he didn't even know he was diabetic. So it's amazing what we could find by looking in the eye because as they say the eye is the window to the soul but it really is the window to the body you know we can't see the blood vessels in the toes and we can't see them in the heart and we can't see them in the brain but we could see them in the eye and we could see these capillaries and we could see little people who are whose whose lipids are bad whether they have they're at risk for a cardiovascular disease or they have high lipids or cholesterol just by looking in the eyes of their blood pressure is high you know i had somebody uh that who had high had a stroke in their eye and they had high platelets and if they didn't come to us or high lp little a would show that they were at risk for a stroke so the eye tells us a lot so you don't want to bypass that eye exam uh because you know the eye is very important. So it's important that people realize that so they can make a good decision for themselves and their family. Uh, yeah, it's more
2: I, than just the, the glasses and the vision aspect of it. It's the, the health component of the exam as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I want to ask you as we wrap up uh this this last segment and we close out today. I want I do want to ask you, Tim. If somebody has a certain prescription, a certain shape eye, can can they wear any contact lens?
2: No, great question. So as, as an eye care provider, um, we assess the overall patient. We look at that patient's prescription. We look at the shape, the size of the eye. We look at what they are doing from hobbies to their profession in uh, and there are certain contact lenses um, that are great for certain refractive errors. There are certain kinds of lenses for other refractive errors, um, for larger corneas, flatter corneas. Um, and so when we really look at that, um, it may seem simple that you're putting a simple, small, thin, light piece of plastic in your eye, um, but your eye care provider really is going in and assessing a number of Various attributes that your eyes and your your overall um, you know overall lifestyle are really employing uh, it all together um, to provide a contact lens that's really going to meet the needs uh, for for your eye to see clearly, comfortably, uh, and and healthy as well. Um, so it's more it's more than just uh, putting a piece of plastic on your eye. Definitely not one size fits all. Those numbers on uh, on a contact lens prescription, they actually do mean something, uh, and your eye care provider can really be able to help dial that in just for you.
0: I want to thank Dr. Steve Rosinski for joining me today. Uh, we're going to have him back next week, and next week we're going to talk about nearsightedness. But Steve, if they want to f- find out more about you, how can they do that?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I- always say, uh, you know, Google Steve Rosinski, R-O-S-I-N-S-K-I. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram as well, Dr. Steve Rosinski. And thank you everyone for, for your time. I love the opportunity to be on here with you, Dr. Gelb.
0: Thank you, Steve.
1: MacuHealth with Micromicell, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromicell technology.
0: Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit oiebroadcasting.com and sign up today.